Thank you for tuning in to the Scattered Abroad podcast. This is a work that is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, gospel preachers seek to scatter the seed and unite the church and the world with Christ, despite our distances and differences. Here are your hosts, Caleb Rutherford and Michael Clark. Hey guys, I know this episode hasn't started yet, but we just wanted to let you know about our sponsorship and giveaway uh, for this month. Yeah, this month's sponsor is the Truth and Love Lectureship, and it's a wonderful lectureship. And what the giveaway is, is they're going to give an entire set of lectureship books away. That's from years 1991 all the way up until 2019. What a great resource that would be for you to have in your library. And Caleb is going to tell us real quick uh, a little bit about the East Hill Congregation and digital missions work. Yeah, a couple of things I want to mention. First, I want to mention the digital mission work that Michael just mentioned. They started in 2016 with a trip around the world. Uh, since that time, digital mission work, they have built a studio. They have a large format printing work. Um, DMS also has a goal of making digital and print resources for the Lord's Church. In 2021, they will bring in more large charts, more bulletin boards, and four video series with accompanying books. So obviously, great resources for you uh, and for your congregation where you're at. I want want you to visit digitalmissionwork.com for more information. I also want to mention the Truth and Love Lectureship, obviously the, the, ser- the series of books that we're going to be giving away for uh, this sponsorship. The Truth and Love Lectureship started in 1991 with a dream of helping the Brotherhood with sound books and lectures to help us all grow and develop. Truth and Love is always in the month of May. You can download it, the digital books and find more information by visiting truthandlovelectureship.com. So, Michael, tell us about um, uh, how to enter into this giveaway. Yeah, basically what we need you to do is subscribe to our email list. Once you've done that, you go to our website, go to the bottom of the page, put your name and email in. You'll be entered into this, and we're going to announce the winner of this giveaway on the first Monday of May on our Instagram and our social media pages around 10 a.m. And so make sure you enroll. In this and enter into the giveaway because you're not going to want to let these lectureship books get away from you. Yeah, and obviously we're extremely grateful for the East Hill Church of Christ and for the Truth and Love Lectureship for sponsoring this op- this episode. We're thankful you're here with us. Here's the next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scattered Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And I'm your host, Michael Clark. And we're so excited that you decided to join us for this joint podcast once again. Just as a reminder as we begin, please remember to subscribe uh, to our email list. If you can scroll all the way down on our website, again, that's scatteredabroad.org. You can subscribe there, and there you'll get uh, direct links to all of our podcasts. You'll be able to see our blog, uh, and you'll be, get any, any updates um, about anything that's going on here at the Scattered Abroad Network. You'll get those first before anybody else, and otherwise you might miss it if you didn't see it. So please remember to go ahead and subscribe. And also, if you can, on whatever platform it is that you're using for your podcast, please remember to uh, give it a rate, give us a rating or a review, um, because that will certainly help in our exposure and it'll help get our name out there as to who we are. And hopefully people will be able to listen to our content and hopefully it will be beneficial to them as hopefully it is beneficial to you and that it'll help you grow as a Christian. Again, our theme for 2021 is scattered yet united and today specifically we're going to be talking about this idea of being united in love you know something i find very difficult to talk about um and to kind of narrow down is love because love really is such a broad topic you can go so many different ways with it um and you can define it in so many ways so chase kind of right off the bat let's begin this way give what is the true biblical definition of love because you can look to the world you can look to the internet you can look to all kinds of different ways to try to find a biblical or a definition of love but give me a biblical definition of love 
Speaking of broad topics, this is certainly a broad topic, and there's a lot that I could have went with to, to describe this. The Bible speaks a lot about it. We could talk about John 14, verse 15, where Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. So that's certainly a good definition, working definition of, of love, love for God that results in our obedience. We could also mention John 15, verse 13, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Of course, that's the love that Jesus had for us in his sacrifice. We could also look at Romans 8, verses 38 through 39, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, so certainly that's the measurements, if you will, of of God's love for us. He, he loved us enough, of course, to send His only begotten Son to die for us, John 3.16. Perhaps the most famous chapter on love is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. There uh, Paul is dealing with love, which is what the Corinthian church should have had, but in that chapter and also chapter 12 and chapter 14, he's dealing with the problem that they were having with uh, dividing over miraculous gifts, specifically the tongue-speaking. And so he makes the point that if they can do all these miraculous gifts and not have love present, then it's worthless. There's no point. And so he mentions in that chapter, uh, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So this shows the love that we are to have for others. And that would have been the cure for many of the problems that was going on in Corinth. In the New Testament, we also could mention the various Greek words that have been translated as love. Uh, phileo, which is brotherly love. Uh, storge, which is familial or natural affection type of love, like a, a love for a, mo a mother and, and her child. Uh, eros is romantic love, and then agape is unconditional love that we're supposed to have toward one another, and, and certainly God has toward us. But I think perhaps the best summation of love from a biblical standpoint in s summing up God's love for us as well as our love for Him, our love for fellow man, comes from John, uh, 1 John 4, verse 17, uh, verse 7, rather. 1 John 4, verse 7, uh, down through verse 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So I think when we combine all of these and, and many other passages as well, we see a very clear biblical picture of what love is supposed to be. Absolutely. So Jameson, let me uh, let me stay on this side of the table here. And Jameson, let's let's talk about this. I think that we would all say, I think most I think most everybody in the world would agree that in some way or form, they've all been shown love uh, in, in some fashion. Um, so, but let's talk about this in a biblical sense. Jameson, how, how has love been shown uh, to, to us? Well, we know love because really at 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, 
tells us that we know love because Jesus laid down his life for us. Uh, John wrote there, he said, by this we know love because he, talking about Jesus Christ, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He goes on, verse 18, and this says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In other words, we know what love is and what love looks like because Jesus has laid down his life for us. And so that being the ultimate perfect picture of love, and it's a love that was put into action. It's not just, not just words. God didn't just tell us that he loves us, although he does do that, but he demonstrated that he loved us. Uh, another passage that I, that I think of is, is over in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through verse 8, which talks about when we were so far really from deserving the love of God, God still showed how much he loved us. Uh, Paul said, therefore, when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I think about in the biblical sense, has love been shown to us? I mean, absolutely. God has gone so far above and beyond. I think, really, you think about the pictures of love that this world can give and what God has done for us. It's so far above and beyond what we get from this world. I think there's so many people in this world who they are, they are looking for love. They want to be loved. Uh, and they go to so many different places. They, they, they try different things. It, it's, and they're looking for, they want someone to care about them. They want someone to love them. Uh, so many people growing up, sadly, maybe didn't have that, and they're looking for that. And the message of the Bible is that, you know, look, none of us deserve the love of God, but yet he has gone so far beyond our, our wildest dreams in demonstrating the love that he has for us. So our response to the love of God, which I know we'll probably get to here in a minute, minute is to imitate that love that we see that God demonstrated for us in and by Jesus Christ. So many people, Jameson, they, they treat love as in our world today as, I won't love you unless you are deserving of my love. Yeah. And what you just talked about is the, the real showcase of why Love is so important because love is one of the only biblical topics. It's not the only one, but it's one of the only ones where it's both, you know, one of the things that we can choose to do, but we're also expected to do. Yeah. You know, I can choose who I'm going to love as far as who my spouse becomes, who I marry. That's a choice that I get to make, but I don't get to choose whether I love my brethren or love fellow man. That's an expectation because Jesus did that. And so, so many of the problems we see in the world today Really, they stem from this mindset of, I won't love you unless you're deserving of my love. And that's not what Jesus did. If Jesus had that mentality, we'd have no hope. Love is very selfish as it's portrayed by society today. Yeah. Yeah, I think Romans, yeah, you mentioned Romans 5 and verse 8. I think it's so, it's so powerful when the Bible said that God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still what? Sinners. Sinners. We, when our backs were, were on God, when we were, you know, disrespecting him in the utmost way, he still sent his son to die for us. And it didn't matter what we had done. That's the love that God has for you and for me. And that's the kind of love that we ought to have for 
every person around us, um, regardless of who they are and what they've done to us. We still love them and we need to look at them as an individual, as a soul that Jesus has died for. So Houston, let's move on. As we talk about love, you know, it, it, obviously it's important to love everyone, um, but why? Why do we love the people around us? Okay, so the question asked, you could, you could answer that from a few different angles, and I'll, let's answer it from about three angles. The first one being we, we love, we show our love to, to others from a natural perspective. And what I mean by that is, somewhat like what Michael said and we view others whether they are deserving of our love or whether they are not deserving of our love and that's that's somewhat of a natural um, side of things and when I say natural I don't mean that the love <clears throat> like what Chase spoke about the storge the the mother and her child but a, a an agape love Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 uh, he told uh, he commanded us to love our enemies and then verse uh, 46, he said, if you love them uh, that love you, uh, what reward do you have? Do not even the publicans the same. If you salute your brethren only, uh, what reward do you have? Do not uh, even the publicans do so. And, and also, uh, we can see that in our own lives. If you are married and your spouse, if they, if they are failing to love you or if you are failing to love them it makes it a lot harder for you or for them uh, to love you in return because when when somebody is loving us uh, we feel compelled to love them back first uh, John 410 John said we love him because he first loved us so but when somebody has received and and they perceive the love of God and they receive the love of God they are compelled to love him back. There's a quote uh, that it, to do good to someone who does good to you, to return good for good, well, that's human. To return evil for good, that's devilish. But to return uh, good uh, for evil, that's godlike. And that brings us to the second perspective of we show love because we're commanded to. Uh, God gives us four different commands. He gives us uh, regarding love. Uh, we are to love four different uh, groups or, or, or beings. Uh, the first group, of course, under the first commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the, the second group we are to love is to love our neighbors. And the third group we're to love is to love our enemies. And there's a distinction between our neighbors and our enemies. Our neighbors are different from our enemies. Uh, it, when Jesus was questioned regarding who is, our, who is my neighbor, he gave the parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And then at the close of that parable, he asked the, the man who tested him, the lawyer, the, uh, who do you think that your neighbor was? And he said, he who showed compassion on him. And so our neighbors are those who are do, going to do good to us. And it's easy to love them, but it's a whole lot harder to love our enemies. And that's the reason why we have a commandment to love our enemies. And then last, we have a commandment to love our brethren. But then... The third angle I want us to hit that at <clears throat> is uh, what John said, my beloved brethren, let us not love in word or in deed, uh, but, or, or word in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And so we're supposed to, yes, love others because we're commanded, but also we have to be showing that love because it is commanded. 
That's exactly right. It, you know, this the old adage, actions speak louder than words, right? God simply could have said, I'm going to send my son to die for my creation and then not done anything about it wouldn't have made it happen. In, in the sense, the same sense for us too, we, we have to, um, we, we've got to back up everything that we say through our actions and through the love that we show uh, to other people. Jameson? Well, in touching on what you were saying, loving our enemies, going over there in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 43 through 48, really Jesus is emphasizing, you know, look, uh, you know, it's been said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Well, why? That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Well, he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In other words, it's God, you know, God sends God doesn't just send rain on the people who faithfully serve him. Uh, God sends rain on the whole earth. God loves even those who hate him. And, and I think about loving our enemies, and I think as Christians in, in this world, that is one area where I think we can maybe stand out in, in our world today, perhaps maybe more than any other area, is loving people who hate us. Mm-hmm. Uh, all too often, I'm afraid sometimes we, we fall very short of this. Um, at least on social media, we don't all the time all the time act like it. But this is an area where, and he says at the end of that section, therefore you shall be perfect, you shall be complete, just as your Father in heaven is perfect, is complete. The point is, you love your enemies. Why? Because Jesus says, you're supposed to be like God. And God loves those who hate him. And I think that's an area where we can really show that we are imitating Jesus Christ and really stand out in this world as those who are trying to serve Christ, to shine as lights, Jesus talked about earlier in that chapter. Yeah, I think, and I think, Michael, you may have alluded to this at some point, but, you know, in our, in our society and in our culture, it's if, if, if you don't agree with me, I hate you, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you're my enemy. Um, but it's so important for us to make sure um, that we treat everyone, um, again, like I mentioned before, as an individual who Jesus Christ has died for, and that ought to help foster that love for them and how we view uh, everybody around us. Chase? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to comment on uh, God's love for us in his long-suffering nature toward us, uh, even when we reject him. Jeremiah 31 and verse 3 says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. He's, he's willing to accept them back the moment they re- repent and turn to him again. He loves them unconditionally. I've been preaching through the uh, Minor Prophets back in Marietta, and we're currently on Hosea. Think about the love that God had for his nation Israel. They had continually cheated on him. They had committed spiritual adultery over and over and over again by turning to idols and by turning to all these different sins that they were committing. And God still loved them. And it's demonstrated by the fact that his prophet, through the analogy, his prophet Hosea still loved Gomer, even after she had continually rejected him, had cheated on him, had borne children with other men, her lovers, the text says. And so we need to think about that great love that God has for us. When we reject him, and we all have rejected, rejected him, we all have sinned and, and fallen short of his glory. And the wages of our sin is, is death, spiritually speaking, and physical death. And so when we reject him, we need to understand he still loves us. He wants us to come back to him, and he's, he will welcome us back 
with open arms when we do so. Yeah, love is not acceptance. I, our society wants exactly us to right. believe that, and they want to they want to push that down our throats and preach it on every commercial and on every TV show and everything that we can hear that love is acceptance. You have to accept me no matter what. A doctor doesn't look at a sick patient and say, I know they have cancer, but I have to love them, and so I'm not going to tell them that they have cancer because that could ruin their life. Well, they'd be in big trouble for doing that. And when a doctor has bad news to give, he gives it regardless of how it's going to make the patient feel because love is not acceptance, and doctors love their patients, and they're going to give them the hard truth that they need to hear even if it's not going to be pleasant because it's the only way they can actually have a hope of getting better. And that's what God does for us. You know, the, the idea of what you mentioned with Gomer and the prophet and how he still loved Gomer despite all that had been done. And you look at what God is looking at and people want God to just accept them for who they are. But that's a misunderstanding of the word love and a misunderstanding of the truth behind love. A doctor who uh, just ignores the problem, doesn't inform his patient of the problem. Patient finds out later, what are they gonna do? He's probably gonna get sued for malpractice. Right and he might lose his, his doctor's license. How many spiritual doctors, we might say, how many preachers ought to be sued for malpractice because mm-hmm. they're not teaching the truth in love, Ephesians right. 4.15, and they're letting their flocks, if you will, spiritually die because they're teaching error or they're not teaching hard things that, that need to be taught in love to help us to be faithful to God. Yeah, that's a that's great right. point. So, Drew, let's, let me swing it to you. We talked so much about love and kind of what love is, a biblical definition of different things like that. So let me let me ask you this. Why is it important? Why, why is this topic even important at all? Why are we even discussing this? Well, you know, when Jesus talked about the identifying marks of a Christian, he said, the world's going to know you by your love. Right. That's what people are going to look at, and they're going to know that person's a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, but, you know, Chase mentioned 1 Corinthians 13, perhaps the greatest chapter on love we have in the Bible. And Paul is wanting to show them a more excellent way. And I've got a dot, dot, dot at the end of chapter 12, this is the more excellent way, is to, to do everything with love. And so really quickly from the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13, we have five reasons why love is so important. Number one, without love, ability ceases to be amazing. Paul said, I could speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, you know, I'm, I'm like sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Number two, without love, understanding ceases to be useful. He said, I could have the understanding, I could have understand all mysteries, have all knowledge, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. The third point, without love, faith ceases to be fruitful. He says, I could have the faith to remove mountains. And that's a lot of faith. But if I don't have love behind that faith, it's nothing. Number four, without love, benevolence ceases to be beneficial. He said, I could give all of my goods, bestow all my goods to feed the poor. But if I don't do it with the right motive, if I don't do it with love, it's nothing. And then fifth and finally, without love, powerful actions cease to be powerful. They cease to be profitable. He says, and though I give my body to be burned, and I don't know about you, but I think that might be the most extreme out of all of these. These are all amazing things. But to give your body to be burned for someone, but if you do it without love, it's nothing. So that's why love is so important. And when you think about Jesus, he gave his life out of love, love for his father, love for doing his father's will, love for you, love for me. That's what makes his sacrifice so amazing. We have to remember that, that behind everything we do, First John 3.18, to do it in word and in deed and in truth, to make sure that our lives are characterized by that love. That's why it's so important. All right. Well, you, go ahead, Jameson. Well, I was just going to think, I, I don't know about y'all, but especially when I read 1 Corinthians 13, those first few verses, I mean, it's just when you realize and, and when I realize that, you know, man, I, I could be doing 
so many things. But if love is not the motivation behind it, if if it's not if a love of God, a love of the truth, a love of my you know fellow human beings, fellow man, it is not the motivating factor behind it, then for me personally, it's pointless. Yeah. It's worthless. It's not going to benefit me at all. And that's a that's a very sobering thought when I read that section because, uh, you know, to know that I could be doing all these things, but if I don't have love, it's pointless for me. That's it's right. worthless. Uh, and that's a, that's a wake-up call, really, is what it is. Go ahead, Chase. You know, it's easy for us to feel and, and demonstrate that love, for instance, as a father or as a mother, for our children, for our spouse, now, picture the love that you have for your children, your spouse, your parents, your siblings, and take that love, and if we could bottle it and sell it, and then show that kind of love to everybody else, mm-hmm. how much better would the world be? It'd sure. be a much better place. Right. Houston? Drew brought up the, the church there at Corinth, and Paul had to go so in-depth on love there because what they had or who they were was the very opposite of love. When we see the reasons why uh, Paul had to go into chapter 13, because the opposite of love is is self-centeredness, egotistical, narcissistic, uh, selfishness. And these individuals, they were constantly, they were wanting to, to get up and to boast the great powers, the great abilities that, that God had given them, but they were doing it as a, as a me, uh, from a me attitude. And the very core of love is putting somebody else above yourself, putting their needs, their desires, their wants above your own, even if that means making a sacrifice. We all had the privilege of having Brother Walker at least in one class when we were at school together. And the thing I always remember him talking about the most is attitude, emphasis, motive. That's right. And we have those three things that, that really culminate with anything that we do. And love is no different. We think about forgiveness when Peter asked, how many times am I expected to forgive a man? And Jesus says, basically, as many times as he asks for it. And love today, we look at those verses in 1 Corinthians 13, it suffers long and is kind. It doesn't, when you parade yourself in such a way that hurts the other person, it doesn't return the favor. And yet today we've gotten away from that understanding of, can we all just get along? Can we all agree to disagree or come together and reason, Isaiah 1, and talk about the things that need to be discussed with a loving attitude and a loving fashion because we're not the same people. We're going to have differences. But the problem is when we hurt somebody, they're most of the time looking to find a way to hurt back. And it's not the kindness that we find love being discussed and that we're really told as Christians we are expected to do because when Jesus was slapped, when he was spit upon, when he had the crown beaten into his head and the the lashes on his back and the nails finally driven in, he never returned the favor. And he totally could have. We sing the song, he could have called 10,000 angels. Jesus could have said, this is it. I'm, I'm fed up. I'm done with this. I have done everything. And they don't want me. They don't care. They don't love me. But love is that attitude that we've talked about of turning the other cheek. And if someone does something to you, you don't find a way to go back at them. You be the bigger man. I remember Eric Owens told a a story of how he and his brother, when they were growing up, would have breakfast on the table. And they would try to get the last biscuit or the last pancake. And one of them would whisper, well, you be Jesus. And you give me the pancake. (laughs) And you just take the suffering there. Well, the truth is, love is saying, 
you can have half and I'll have half, or you can take the whole thing. I don't care. Yeah. I don't need the whole thing. And that's what Jesus has done for us, and that's what we have to do for other people too. Yeah, I think I think patience and love go hand in hand. You can't have you can't have love if you're not going to be patient with the people around you. That's something that I think is so lost on people today. Right. Chase, Houston, you said uh, the opposite of love is selfishness, and that reminded me of a song that I like. I think it's by the Lumineers. Uh, there's a line in this song that says the opposite of love is indifference. That's also the opposite of love when we think about it. Um, do we really love God and are we on fire for him or are we like Laodicea and are we lukewarm and indifferent? If we're just sitting on the pews not doing anything outside of maybe Sunday and Wednesday, then something is wrong and our love for Christ is is off. And we need to make sure that we're on fire for him and we're active in his kingdom, trying to spread the gospel, trying to be a good example for others, trying to get involved in the lives of our fellow Christians and in those outside of the body of Christ so that we can bring them to the body of Christ. The opposite of love is indifference. It sure. really is. Sure. Well, what a great discussion on love. I know I've certainly benefited from this, and I hope that you have uh, as well. We, again, we appreciate everyone for joining us for this episode of the Scattered Abroad Podcast. Always, uh, don't forget, you can find all of our information below in the show notes. Go there. You can find all of our podcast links, our website, our email subscribe list, um, and anything you need to know about us, you can find it there. Also, if you need to get in contact with us, please email us. We'd be more than happy. I know any of these guys would be more than happy to sit down and try to talk to you and give you any kind of biblical answer for uh, your question. Don't forget about our sponsorship and giveaway for the month. So please remember, in order to do that, you have to subscribe to our email list, and you'll be automatically entered to win that uh, as well. Don't forget here at Scattered Abroad, we are releasing content every single day. So remember, be looking forward to that. We upload new episodes um, every single day, so you've got something new to look forward to. Also, don't forget, first Sunday of the month, the Scattered Abroad podcast comes out. Again, we're certainly grateful you decided to join us. On behalf of everyone here at SAN, thank you so much, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.